my family was the first generation. Like I was actually born in Punjab. Like you're when you're a first generation family in a new country with no family, no backing or nothing. AJ, so I, I I had to hide it, especially when I first started. Even when I'm like if it was a battle in my house. Like, yeah, you know, I really want to do that. But one, we haven't seen nobody do it. And two, you know, our, the fears of our parents, like we had to hit a mission, go to either Vancouver or Toronto just to get our, our New York, just to get good, good Punjabi music. So I have one shot. Yeah. This beat like in front of everybody and they just went crazy, bro. I don't know how to tell. Like, it was nothing to do with it. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to like really get to people mm-hmm. to understand is if you really want it, you can get it. Like, why are, are you doubting yourself? My guest today is a DJ and music producer from Dallas, Texas. He is also the vice president of music label, Gifted Music, and he's the head of sound creation on Steel Bangles' debut album, Welcome, A-Sing Music. How are you doing, brother? Doing good, family. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, I appreciate you giving the time. Uh, and what I like to do at the beginning of each podcast is basically take a trip down memory lane, um, as we were sort of talking about just beforehand of what uh, you were like as a kid and growing up and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Uh, me as a kid, man, I was just really, really energetic. Like... Uh, and just man, whatever kind of like caught my eye or like uh, whatever I'm interested in, I'm gonna get good at. It was just something about me. I don't like I get it. I have a very I guess I guess you could say I have an addictive personality, but I'm not gonna if I like find something that I like, I genuinely like. It doesn't matter if someone else does it. I'm gonna go do it, and I'm gonna get really really good at it. So I was just like. Always getting into new things, man. Um, uh, so just, just a ball of energy, bro. Like as a young kid, <laughs> I don't really know how else to tell you. I, I was hooping. Um, I actually got introduced to music from like my older brothers, because we're all seven years apart. So they're already listening to hip hop at a real well. My young for me, I was like. But like, as far as I can remember, I was listening to Tupac ever yeah, since, yeah. you know, that's just because of my brothers. And then I got into music at an early age, too, because of my brother. Uh, my middle brother was a DJ, so he taught me how to DJ around like eight, and that was like on turntables. Okay. So it was just like the essence of music was like kind of always with me, and then... Um, by like 14, I used to like, uh, so what it was, was um, I used to, uh, I used to never have a computer in my life, but then around like 10 or 11, I think, literally like 10 or 11, that's, to me, I think that's so late, but around like 10 or 11, I got a computer and then my neighbor used to make websites. Okay. Uh, so he taught me, like he he showed me, he was like, yo, I'm his website. And I'm like, oh shit. So I got so addicted with that, like I quickly learned how to like start making professional websites and start flipping them, right? And then around like 14, I'm doing my thing, I'm getting bored with this. And my my homeboy, Amir Sunday, used to be a DJ. Like he's 
he's a singer. Yeah. He's a DJ when he was young, at a very young age too. And I knew him through Birdwater since like we were toddlers. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he just came up to Birdwater one day. We were just ch- uh, chatting about it. He's like, bro, I DJ. I was like, what? That's crazy. I was like, I'll make you websites, whatever. I was like, I used to DJ too. I'm trying to get into it. But I was like, I ain't got no turntables no more. He's like, nah, you ain't got to do that. You can do it all on your computer. I was mind blown that there's programs that you can, you can make music, you can mix with. So I started with mixing. So then like got into action, then I got back into like actually DJing. Uh, man, so we were like running through Dallas at a real young age, bro. Like I was even hooping, like I, I was uh, I was on my basketball team, uh, but I quit my senior year because I was like, this music thing, this is it. Like I could tell, because I was already making good money as a DJ. Oh, fast. And uh, then I always wanted to just make my own music. That's how I really started with making my own music. It wasn't like, oh, I want to get famous. It was the fact that I had so much music in my head that I wanted to make. I just, I just wanted to make my own music. I was getting, I, because I did a lot of private events too. I was just getting burnt out playing so much music of like as a DJ when you're when you're like at that time at a young age, I wasn't really necessarily like had a huge style. Actually, that's not true. I did. So I don't know what it really was, is I was just on no hated shit. I just you know, I just wanted to make my own music because I had so many ideas in my head. And then like I, I tried to produce for a while. It didn't really work out because I didn't know what I was doing, bro. Like, I just had, like, I had these ideas. I kind like, I knew what sounded good together. I never took any music classes, but I realized that I understood, like, keys. I understood harmonies and what, like, sounds good together. Yeah. Well, I really knew that that was happening in key. I was just sitting there, I was like, man. Like, cause I got good at production, but I didn't know any of like the technical, technical side, side yeah. sound. Uh, but I mean, then I went back and I learned it all. Like, you know, you get like education is key. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't matter how talented you are. You got to train yourself. So I went back and learned it. I realized I was doing it right. But it just like kind of came naturally to me because I just listened to music so much. And like, it's just been a part of my life so much. Um, and then... Like when I was in college, that's when I really got sick. I was like, because I was making good money as a DJ, but I told myself I had to stop that. Stop, like, because it, it was just too much on my plate. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to give up the money. I'm going to have to give up a lot of things if I really, really want this, like, big, like, as a big, big thing. So that's what I did. And then, I mean, yeah, bro, that's, like, kind of a wrap-up on that. Uh. The there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot, bro. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, just looking back at it, there's so much I can tell people because it's, there's just so much there because I really lived it. Like, it wasn't, like, it's not a make-believe thing. Like, mm-hmm. I really have, like, I really have been this close to so many big things and then, like, a family issue or, like, my mother getting sick, uh, 
uh, being hold in the industry or something messes me up and takes me 10 steps back, depression, whatever, you know, like I really been through it. So there's just so much to say. So like I could just go on for days. <laughs> to be yeah, yeah. With you. But yeah, at the end of the day, in the nutshell, if it wasn't for my brothers, uh, shout out to John, especially the one that's in the middle. Um, I don't know if I like, I don't even know if I'll be the same person. I'll be real with you, man. They, they had a lot to do with who I am today. 100%. Especially with the music. Similarly for me, like my brother's five years older than me. Okay. Um, and so when I was growing up, I got like an early introduction to 50 Cent and G yeah, Unit yeah, yeah. and See, them sort of thing. So I mean. yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, 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 percent complete. And I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of Apani in general tend to sort of uh, like attract themselves to hip hop when they're growing up. I don't know yeah. what it is. I mean, well, like for me, my family was the first generation. Like I was actually born in Punjab. Oh, okay. Yeah, literally, like after like fifteen weeks, we moved to America. Uh, but once we moved to America, like you're when you're a first generation family in a new country with no family, no backing or nothing, like you know you're gonna like kind of like you're not gonna live in a good neighborhood, right? You're gonna live in poverty, um, and you know you just like you're gonna live in an urban like the hood. Really, to be honest with you, I'm not trying to sound rude or nothing. That's that's so I grew up in the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the start like then we we moved out pretty quick in our in my book you know like but like so i like you know i just always had like like all my friends listen to hip-hop like growing up because like i didn't have like the the normal friend circle and then you know like so did my brothers and like they're when they went to school we didn't listen to pop like Everyone that was at our schools weren't were listening to pop. They listen to hip hop. They listen to rap. You know, they listen to pop, Biggie. Yeah, yeah. Brothers, at least. Uh, so then, that's what they're gonna listen to at home. And then yeah. at the same notion, since I'm a first generation, like kid, um, I was still like deeply rooted into my roots. Like I speak Punjabi at home mm-hmm. to my mom, dad, um, even with my brother sometimes, but you know more. We speak more English, but yeah, like, you know, like, that's why I was into Punjabi music. That's why I made Punjabi music. That's like, I, you know, my Punjabi is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. This it is what it is. But the reason why I lean more to like hip hop, drill, you know, like mainstream music, uh, I guess what you would call mainstream versus Punjabi music is that like it's just me being more truthful to myself like yeah, like I can't make I can make the average Punjabi record or like you know like a, a Punjabi record that sounds like a Punjabi record but it's just not me like I I like hip-hop drums I like like that that sound you know so like I'm just saying true to my my own vision and like yeah. taking my career where I want to take it Definitely. But I don't think that's like, I don't think that's uncommon now. I think that that generation of people who were born and brought up in the, the 90s and early 2000s, they're in their 20s now. Do you know what I mean? So most of them are in a similar position where 
Like uh, you, you hear half the music coming out of Punjab at the moment is basically hip hop beats, but with Punjabi lyrics. Yeah. To that generation of people who would listen to Park Biggie, who listen to Fifty Century Unit, um, is or coming becoming producers now, and it can either be a really hip hop based Punjabi sound, or a more like Western hip hop drill sound, but with a tiny bit of Punjabi like in there. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's that urban desi sound. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong when I'm saying this, because these are like my opinions, but I'm not exactly uh, a music expert and I'm not like in the in the industry like yourself. So this is just from like a an outside perspective, I guess you could call it. So if I if I say anything wrong, just no, correct no, me anytime. Yeah, 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 no, yeah but... um, go, Going back to like, uh, you said like first generation Texas and all that, uh, first generation from India and then being brought up in Texas. Um, I assume because obviously you were you were 15 weeks old, you said, I assume like learning English and Punjabi wasn't difficult because maybe for your brothers it might be because they were seven years and I guess 14 when they came over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember. I just, from the early days, I remember being able to speak both languages. Yeah. I don't... I don't know if it's just because it's been too long for me to remember. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I just I just remember growing up speaking both languages. It just depended on who I was talking to at the time. And uh, being around like a lot of Punjabi artists and like the start of my career, especially Amr Sandhu, like I, mm-hmm. me and him like grew up together. And then like, you know, doing a lot of Punjabi parties and stuff as a DJ, my Punjabi, I feel like, got better. And, like, because I was more emerged, submerged into the culture. Like, I used to be real close with, um, with just a lot of Punjabi artists. And, and you know, like, that's, that's kind of why I started. Uh, but just, that's, that's probably, like, one of the, the big things that kind of made my Punjabi better. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I've always spoke both languages. Yeah. What is, what is the like uh community like in in, in Dallas? Because you hear about like California and New York and things. Yeah, it's but... it's growing. There's a lot of them there. Uh, it's just Texas got a lot of a lot of like man, bro. It's just real big. Yeah. So everything is kind of spread out. I mean, it's nowhere near as much as like Cali or Toronto, but it's a good amount, bro. Yeah. Yeah, a few good buds here and there, you know. It's pretty big. It's pretty big, bro. A That's lot good. of a lot of Punjabis from Cali moved there for like the time around like kind of like the early like twenty tens. Like okay. Yeah. Fair play. I imagine it's like um a diverse place though, because it doesn't like border Mexico and things. Like you hear Texas has got like a quite multicultural sort of vibe to it. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, yes, it's Texas is just Texas, bro. Like, <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain. I mean, you know, like it just it just got its own twang to it. Like it's like a southern state, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, there ain't too. There's not too many minorities like that. Like. There is like it's growing a lot. It wasn't like that start, uh, but I mean it's growing. Like it's 
it's becoming more of a melting pot. It's becoming more like that, but it's just like it's his own thing. Yeah, it's kind of like you just got another experience. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully one day I will. Hopefully one day I can come yeah, over man. and experience of it. Course, yeah. Man. Hey, I'm sitting in London. Who yeah. <laughs> come on, man. True, that's a melting pot as well. To be fair, um, yeah. and so you already mentioned like you were uh, listening to like um, Tupac and Biggie and things um, in like Western music. But what kind of Punjabi music were you listening to? Like, what kind of Punjabi music was playing in the house when you were growing up? Everything, bro. Like, the Monik, the Rasman, Shinda, Tungula. Like, you name it. Like, the legends, obviously, were playing in my house. Yeah. I like, back in the day, like, 90s especially, like, that you would, as a kid, at least, Maybe like if you're if I was older it might have been different. But as a kid, I didn't know really too much Punjabi music outside of the, the Punjabi music I would hear at parties. Mm-hmm. So, um, like a lot of like straight Bangla like records were definitely being played at the house more. You know, like having little cassettes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember like when I was like twelve or something. I went to Vancouver for the first time. And like back in the day when you used to like, there was like Kazaa and all that, but you couldn't get everything off of it. So you'd have to like go make, you had to hit a mission, go to either Vancouver or Toronto just to get, or, or New York just to get good, good Punjabi music. So I finally went to Vancouver. I stacked up a whole bunch of CDs <laughs> and everything, bro. Getting music back in the day was a mission, like yeah. especially Punjabi music. It was mad. Free in the days. Yeah, yeah, bro. Internet has changed the game. It's nuts. <laughs> Pre DJ Punjab days, especially like DJ Punjab was like savior yeah. growing up. A hundred percent, bro. A hundred percent. That's nuts. That's uh, that's the one. Um, and then, as you were saying, so your your brother. Uh, got you into DJing, you took a bit of a break and then uh, Omar Sandhu back in the day used to were homeboys and, and used to DJ together and is that how you fully like, um, I use this phrase a lot but caught the bug, is is that fair to say? Caught, not not uh, COVID related, caught the bug as in like you got addicted to uh, music. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no COVID, no COVID over here. Yeah. Nah, like, I, I was just trying to find a way to get back into it, to be honest with you. But, uh, I mean, me and Amr are brothers forever. Uh, damn. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of, like, what made me, like, be able to submerge my life into music again. So Amr was a big, big key piece and, like, a big role in it. And, yeah, man, like, if it wasn't for Amr, I was... Who knows, bro? To be honest with you, I was trying to look and find my way. Like I remember, I was, uh, I was working at the time too. When, right when me and Amir had like really linked up, like I knew him all the time. I didn't know he was a DJ. I I remember going to Best Buy and trying to buy, like I saw this like it was like a Hercules DJ set. It was like a virtual DJ set. Yeah. I was like, man, I just want to get this thing just like DJ from us. I just missed it so much, in my mom like. My brother, once he had ended like his DJing career, he ended on a bad note. Like, you know, like there's a lot of dirty people in this industry, bro. Like, mm-hmm. think 
like if you just uh you gotta know what's good so he you know he just got screwed over on a lot of shit just got hold over and then he was like you're never gonna be a dj so i i, I had to hide it especially when i first started even when i'm like if it was a battle in my house because they're like look look at what happened to john like he you know he went this to whatever so, um but yeah like he he played a huge role bro like it like shout out to Amir. Amir's cold vocalist, man. Got a lot of stuff done with Amir that that's gonna come out soon. Um, and yeah, man, that's my, that's my brother, bro. That's that's OG. Not a lot of people know that he used to be a DJ. He was a cold DJ. He's yeah. a cold. He's a cold Dolly too, bro. Cold. Like him and his sister, bro. They're both like his whole family, bro. They're just musically talented. All his sisters sing. He has five sisters, but all of them sing. Uh, one, uh, one of his sisters uh, plays Dole, and she's hard. And he played Dole, too. And he's a hard Dole, too, bro. He just, like, he's just a musical dude, bro. I'll be real with you. Yeah, that's quite sick. Um, Yeah, it's surprising to hear that, like, uh, your, your your brother had like a bad experience, and then I guess your family just tried to protect you. Then and so so you don't have yeah, the same yeah, experience. Yeah. Yeah, so you had to keep it. Have, I have like to keep it on the down low. <laughs> stop. If I if I want to do something, you really just can't stop me. I'm gonna figure out a way. Bro, once I found out I was gonna start DJing, I gunned down to this place called Big T Bazaar with Amir. Made fake IDs. I was 14. I had a 25 year old fake ID. It made no sense. Had no, like, this was not there when I was 14, bro. When I say I, I was 14, I looked 14. I did not look 25. But luckily, because I was the DJ, it just let me slide. Like, but, so once once we knew we had a plan, we are sitting in this, like, the Lunger Hall before Lunger, like, opens up, right? You know, how, like, in, in my good bar, the London Hall, yeah, every, like, even good bars out here, the London Hall is separate, so, you know, they, yeah. like, before, like, you know, everything, trying to you know, afterwards, you just chill, or, like, before, you just chilling over there before London happened, so we just, make, just, just making up a plan, like, boom. Making master plans in the London Hall. So, but, yeah, basically, bro, we are just cooking up a master plan, and we just, just went on with it, like, that was, that was the start. Lunger Hall was the, the start where we got things cooking. Yeah, and um, you mentioned before as well that you had the decision for like college. College being like it, that's basically equivalent to university for us, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. What um, yeah, university over like over there too? I just call it college. But, yeah. Um, so like, is that something that like obviously your family is probably wanting you to go down the college route? What were you gonna study? Study in college as well, actually. Yeah, I got a I got a BBA in economics. Uh, yeah, man, I, I don't, I don't want to admit to it, but <laughs> honest truth is, yeah, you know, coming from a brown household, but they want you to get a degree. Yeah. And then I, I mean, I kind, I wanted it too, but if I'm being real with you, like if, if you, because you spend a lot of time in uni, like, yeah, yeah, I didn't even know how to fucking study it, like properly to be honest with you until I went to a uni. I was like, fuck, okay, this is what I got to do. I used to have to lock myself up in my room and just, like, really study it. But, like, it takes a lot of time, though. It, like, it, I'm sure I could have progressed in parts of my career much faster. But, I mean, that's just life, though. 
Like if you take your own path, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm pro about going to, yeah, I mean, it helped me out for sure. Like, definitely makes you smarter. So I, I think, I think kids should definitely go to university, but I, I don't know, like, it's just, you kind of got to do what you got to do. Like, do, yeah. I, I don't like to give advice about things like going to college. I, I think that's like a personal thing. No, 100%, 100%. But you do, like, obviously the stereotypical thing is that, um, like, the, the, the immigrant parents who come over, they work tirelessly in manual labour jobs. Like, it, you can understand their perspective. Of, 100%. You know what I mean? They're working hard jobs and they want you yeah. to go have a formal education and do an easier job sort of thing. It's, it's just like, yeah, but what, I, what I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that at all because that's how I was from my parents. Like, yeah, my mom was educated. Uh, but she came over here, you know, she worked a manual job. But like, it's, if you have like a plan and you're, you're trying to do something different, that kid probably, like, I can't say that kid is crazy that wants to like do something like, yo, no, no, I really think that this, this other route will work. I'm gonna go push forward with it. Us being minorities, us being first, second generation in a different country. I think we get scared from doing that because it's like, yeah, you know, I really want to do that. But one, we haven't seen nobody do it. And two, you know, our, the fears of our parents, like, I'm not saying that parents are fear or anything, but they, you know, they're the ones that are like, you know, don't do this. Like go to school, get a, get a, a decent job, whatever. But that's always not the best route. Mm -hmm. Like even, like even from the start, though, the, the reason why I was able to risk so much and like sacrifice so much and kind of push push the boundaries in my uh in my life was because I was like I had to deal with a lot of stuff at a, a very young age. So mm -hmm. so even like from the start, I was just up against it. And but like that taught me something. I was like, if I can get through that at this age, like you know, like I might as well just you know risk it and do what I want to do and said like you know like it's yeah. worth the risk type of stuff like all my all my hurdles kind of taught me that so even like when I was going before going to uni like I, I was like DJ and heavy so like I went to JUCO which is like a junior college in the start mm -hmm. uh it's like an easy I, I just look at it as an easier option yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was, I was DJ and heavy so like I still like kind of live my life before going straight, like I didn't go straight to a university, but like I just like even me, I'm taught like to, you know, I'm taught like oh, you know, education is the way out. But I'm not saying education is a bad thing. Ed even if you don't, just because you don't go to university doesn't mean that you don't need to be educated. No, you gotta like. I'm just you gotta learn. Up to, yeah, even like music it frees up time well. for you to to learn about what you want to learn about if mm -hmm. you're going. If you already have a plan, go for that plan. But if you don't like, if like, there's nothing wrong with education at all, bro. Like quite the opposite. If if your plan is education, like you want to do like a vocational uh, job or something, like you want to uh, be an attorney, etc. Then you, that's your plan. You know, like yeah, you should go to school. But if you want to be in something that's completely different. And you're just going to school to go to school, take the risk, man. Hey, fuck it. Like, 
go go spend a year or two and see if you really like if you can really make it through it. And that's it's all just a process. If you really want it, you can get it. That's 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 what I'm trying to like really get to people mm-hmm. to understand is if you really want it, you can get it. Like why are, are you doubting yourself? Like you the last person that, that should be doubting you is yourself. No, I 100 percent agree. Um, the, there was a thing you said before about like the the fear of sort of like your parents, but I, I think it's more like security they want for the their children. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. Yeah, that that's that's probably a better way to put it. Yeah, they just want something that's more secure. But as you said, like it's not even just like um, you said before. Actually, a good good thing. Like when you don't see anybody else doing it, it's probably yeah. harder to envision it, sort of thing. So when you do see somebody who's breaking the mold, I think it's such like a powerful thing for the next generation because then they don't have to go through them sort of like obstacles that perhaps the, power you of the blueprint is real. Like the, the blueprint, exactly. Blueprint yeah, you've got real. the path. Yeah. Yeah, like hundred percent, the power of the blueprint is real. Like, once you find more. out how to do something like it's much easier to find out how to put a model airplane together with the instructions than without them like, yeah you know, it's just that simple yeah yeah but uh, uh, another thing is is like as you said before like you you learned a lot while you were there so although it isn't actually like uh what you want to do in terms of music it it's still you still get skill sets from yeah. That yeah, can help. Also, yeah, like it grew me as a person. Uh, and, you know, like life is just a bunch of experiences put together. Yeah. So that was my experience in life at the, at the time. I've always used it anyway. Like, wherever I'm at, whatever environment I'm, I'm in, I'm going to use it to my benefit. I'm going to learn how to take what I have and push towards what I want. So, mm-hmm that's what I did in that situation and you know like it gave me time I was my university was far far enough away from like downtown Dallas and stuff for me to not want to DJ so much just because I was just I knew I needed to focus on on my next task at hand and then I knew I wanted to start making music more than just DJing so I just had to kind of like I said before like I had to give it up a little bit um and then but it, it allowed me to free up time to, to you know, just be on my, my own and kind of learn about myself, for one. And then, two, like, kind of shape my mind. And I'm, I'm kind of just being vague with it because there's a lot that went into it. You know, being, being just, like, being able to rely on yourself and being in your own environment and, and like, being just by yourself, that's when you can really grow. So... So just being there, yeah, like it, it just allowed me to kind of disconnect from the world a little bit, and like be in this little bubble um, and, and just grow. So yeah, yeah. I, I just took it for that. Yeah, I just did what I could do in that, in that time. You know? But then again, the same thing, that's why I say that, right? Like that's why I think, that's why I said it before, like I don't want, I don't really tell nobody advice on how to live their life. They should live like God gave you a brain. And I don't mean that as in like a, in a vindictive or mean way, but like you're smart enough to figure out your own decisions. I, I can just tell you, you know, how 
my life went and what I took out of it, but everyone is different. So I can't say my experiences are going to work for you. You know, you, that's why you got to make your own choices. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I, the reason I ask is just because I feel like the, there will be a lot of other people in a similar position. And although they can't copy you because your circumstances and their circumstances will undoubtedly be uniquely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you hear a lot of different perspectives, then you can sort of accumulate your own thoughts from your That's surrounding it. sort of thing. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you, you you get through college, as you say, you've got your economics degree, but then you want to start making music uh, a bit more um, seriously, should we say? Yeah, like, well, like, I think like the last, like two years or the last year of my, uh, uh, of my uni, I think that's when we had started Amir's uh, debut album because he was my roommate uh, through, through university too. Okay. Um, so that kind of just transitioned into like what I was going to do after after school. Like I, um, to pass my classes, I had to study. So the only free time that I had was when I was supposed to go hang out with other university kids like uh, in network yeah but i already knew like the people that i needed to know in the industry that i wanted to start working in so i that's where i sacrificed my time like I, besides from like especially like the last like few years uh that i was at my university i was only there for the schooling part like i wasn't really kicking it with nobody outside of my circle I wasn't really wasn't wasn't doing shit else but but the music thing to be honest with you that was the only way that I was gonna work when we started working on his album once I graduated that was kind of yo let's let's, you know like push forward that then um yeah that's just kind of just what parlayed to and then because I did his album that's in a that's really how the, the the way that I met Bang like back in like 2015, I think it was 2015 in LA, which is pretty crazy how that happened. Yeah, so t- talk to me through that then. So, um, uh, and the the album, Omar uh, Sandu's first album, the debut album that you worked on, were you like the the sole producer, or did, was that like a club? Uh, wasn't there was there's a few producers on it, and really like. I, uh, I was I was not the sole producer on the album by any means. Um, it's just that that album, like the the end result, was really really weird. Like I rather not talk about it, but I mean, just like the final part of the album, like the final like four four months or so, maybe even longer than that, were done in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't make that uh, that move at the time because my mom got sick. So it was either go to LA and finish the album or do what I can from home and let them, you know, like finish the album in LA. And I had to do that because the like there's no way I'm gonna leave my mom when she was sick. Yeah. Uh so that just like made shit kind of weird. So that album like kind of ended in a funny way for me at least. But um I just started beating up my craft even more and more because I was a vocalist at the time. I mean, I'm a vocalist as well. So 
the only real record that I was on technically, even though I had the, like, the whole album, uh, was a record called 4AM, and I just rapped on it. Uh, Production-wise, like, I just like, helped out on, on a lot of records. And um, yeah, just it's a funny thing, bro. I just rather yeah. not kind of dive into it. It's just weird. But beyond that, what happened was Amr invites me out to, to LA for like a weekend. He's like, yo, let's get some workout done out here. Uh, and like, let me just introduce you to people, see, like, show you what's going on because it's big out here. Uh, I was like, bet, because Dallas, like, there was literally nothing happening at that time in the city, especially for this, like, especially like urban desi music. So I went out to LA and then uh, there's a, a ton of artists out there. We're all working together. And one of them was, was Bengals. Um, mm-hmm. That was originally where I met him. And it's crazy how like we, we linked up since there's so many artists out there, like no one, like we're just all like meeting each other for the first time saying, what's up, whatever, whatever. I'm just enjoying my time because I haven't been out in LA in a while. Yeah. Uh, so I'm chilling. I'm chilling in the studio. And I'm just like enjoying it. Like, yo, this is dope. This is dope. And then uh, they're working on a record. And I don't remember really what happened, but I'm going to like turn around. He's like, yo, bro, you got that beat that you just made? I literally made this beat about two hours before jumping on the plane. And so I have one shot. Yeah. This beat like in front of everybody. And they just went crazy, bro. I don't know how to tell. Like, it was nuts. I had never seen them just jump off. And everybody just went wild. They're like, yo, what the fuck? This was hard. And Bane just came straight to me. He's like, bro, that was hard. So that beat actually turned out to be uh, the record on uh, Crop Circles, Make It Up To You. Okay. For, yeah. uh, nines is crop circles. Yeah, bangs to be, and like he produced that record. So like, that's where me and him originally met, mm-hmm. and we, bro, just like some people are just destined to meet. Like me and him are just similar people, bro. Like we, we enjoy music and in the same way, and like, bro, like that's my brother. So like. We just kicked it off from the jump. We started making music right then and there in LA. Then we used to like work through, like he would be back in London, I'll be in Dallas. Like we just FaceTime each other, like, yo, yo, do this, this, whatever. And then um, like, I don't know if it's been like a year and a half to, I don't know, COVID's kind of got my, my mind buzzed. Yeah. Uh, he was like, bro, you need to, like, I, it was after like all the success with Crop Circles. He's like, bro, you got to come out here. Like, like, what are you doing in Dallas? Yeah. So that's that's where that started, bro. It's it's just I was able to build a lot in Dallas because there was nothing there, and I just saw the vision. Mm-hmm. So I was able to just you know like be on my ones and just work, 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 work. So when the opportunity came, I just ran with it. Like I did not like like it just worked for me because I had some. I just had so much already like put into me because I believed in it. I already knew from the start that this is gonna work don't know how like I, I had no idea how, how did I know that I was just gonna randomly go to LA and meet somebody that's gonna change yeah of course uh but, but is that what they're saying that like it's it's hard work and preparation meets opportunity that's you know what I mean so you've done that you've done the graft and then you go to LA and the the song that you've 
made like from your accumulative knowledge that you've been putting all this work into yeah. is then obviously That's made That's this it, really bro. special connection just boom it was like that yeah if you're ready for it life can move for you fast definitely you got to take every opportunity like uh, yeah. as, as they come definitely and then you you were just kept keeping in contact uh, over time were you still making your own music and he was just helping you or were you like collaborating while you're in Dallas and he's in London or Nah, yeah. When I when I was in Dallas, like I was doing both. Uh, I was working with him, really, like until I didn't come here. We had a whole bunch of like music that we worked on together, but it was kind of just sitting there, like it it was moving. But until I didn't really move here, and at first, like I didn't even know I was gonna be here for this long. I thought I was gonna be here for a couple of months. The first time I flew out here, I flew out here for a week. Ended yeah. up staying three weeks. I had a job at the time. I, I just like picked up a job, and then he's, you know, it was just him like for three weeks straight convincing me you need to quit your job. And that's what I pretty much did, because at that same time, uh, Sidhu had uh, like the the record that I did with Sidhu and Amr. That record was been done time ago like bro i have so much music art just in the vault like it's it's ridiculous mm -hmm. but um i just had so much uh things uh, so many like big things going on with me and music so i ended up just yeah, quitting my job and then i came back here i thought it was gonna be a couple of months ended up being like a few years pretty much now, <laughs> now. like i'm here for another year uh so th this was like mid to late 2019 yeah 2018 2019 something like that me and bangs were supposed to go on the summer 16 tour 2016 i remember that uh i wasn't able to make that bangs did go on it though um but yeah like ever since 2015 when me and him linked together we just been like we just been close like we've been homies we've been brothers and we work really well together with music but then like once once I came here, then every like things bro. I got so many records with Bangs, it's crazy. Um, and right now, like right now, I'm really just focused on working, like with him. Like there's just so much to do, especially mm -hmm. with his album. Uh, so I do, I still do stuff, uh, like solo stuff, like when I when I get the time. It's all already like I just got a whole plan kind of put into play, and that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So because you came back then, one of my favorite songs within the past couple of years is um, Forty Seven to Dali with <laughs> Musiala Mist. Yeah. Bangles. So, were were uh, you here for that period as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We, did so you, this sorry. is what happened. This is so when I when I first flew over here. Uh, it was supposed to, like I said, it was supposed to be for like a week and it ended up being like three weeks. At that same time, uh, Sidhu started a tour in America, which uh, the people that were throwing the tour, like I knew them really well. Uh, and then Amr was on the tour as well too. Shout out to Jack Entertainment and, uh, and Amr, obviously. Um, and they, that tour started and uh, like I went to like the first show uh with them whatever in like LA I didn't even see Sidhu or nothing I 
uh, they're like, yo, we gotta introduce you. Said, dude, bro, like, I was like, bro, it happened. Like, yeah, it happened, bro. It's not that big of a deal. Like, obviously, I wanted to work with them, but I'm not gonna like. Man's on tour. He's just starting his tour in a different country. Like, that's a lot of stress, bro. Yeah. People just don't know. So I didn't want to like jump into this space. It's all good. So I fly out to London. And while I'm in London, uh, Amr starts texting me. He's like, yo, bro, we got we got a situation with that re- with this one record again. Because that record, uh, Flop Song, was originally a, a different record. It was like it was fully done with Amr. Right. And, he, I, uh, and we just had some issues with it already. And then he texted me. I'm like, damn, what the fuck happened to the song now? He's like, bro, Sidhu, like long story short, Sidhu wants to jump on it. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, well. Let's let's do that. That's for sure. So uh, when I came back from from London after those three weeks, I jumped on tour with them, uh, and Sidhu already knew who I was, so he was excited to meet me. I was excited to meet him, and then once I once I met him, and even when I was in London, I remember like getting those texts, uh, and at the same time, Bayes had actually hit up Sidhu too. And they're like, they're talking about linking up too. And I was like, bro, like, it was crazy how the world worked. I'm like, yo, I just got a record with Sidhu too. And he was like, damn, that's dope. Like, he was like, damn, that's a hard, that's a hard record. Cause, cause they went and recorded in LA while they're on tour and they sent me it. And it was, it, bro, it was fire. Like it was yeah. flop song song. Uh, um, but so when I went back on tour, I'm like, Sidhu, bro, like, you think this like I was like yeah of course this record's hard I was like you gotta fuck with steals too I was like that's where I just came back from so they're already talking but then like when I went on tour with them I was like yo listen to Miss bro you sound raw with Miss bro listen to oh this that I was like bangs bro bangs bangs will plug it in with everything bro like let's let's do it so yeah. then uh they linked we all linked up in Toronto after the tour uh, for like Sidhu's birthday and cause, and Bane flew over because he was like, yo, let's get this record done. Mm-hmm. So then I was actually, I wasn't actually in the session uh, for 47, when 47 recorded, but to what I remember, Bane said he made the, the beat pretty quick, which I mean, which is not, not something surprising. It's just a banger ass beat, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. He makes the beat and they, then boom, uh out comes 47 bro and then like when i came back to london we sat around and and like kind of mixed it down for like two two and a half three weeks whatever um because it was a single and it was big uh and we had to plan out the music video so like i was in like the mixing sessions and stuff which is normal for me to do um and like you know like helping out with like certain stuff here and there because Amma was with me too when I when I came back this time and a few of my other homies so like we're all like already all in like the Indian scene so we can give them like you know just like tidbits of information but beyond that 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 was how 47 happened I mean I don't want to give all the like the full story of 47 away because it's not mine to tell yeah yeah so uh but yeah, not like it. It's just this is a bang record. It was originally, to what I remember, it was originally uh, Sidhu 
and Miss, because Miss had flew over to, uh, obviously Miss uh, flew over to Toronto too. Uh, and then, yeah, bro, just 47 popped off and all, everything was good, man. Once you, yeah. once you make the hit record, like, especially when you fly somewhere or whatever, it's all tense. But once you make the hit record, everything is just peaches. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's interesting to hear the like the the backstory because it was, as they say, such a like a banger. It was, yeah, really high in the charts in like the English mainstream charts, like the capital charts over here, as, as you know, and um, in like I think Brit Asia it was like pretty much up there for like a year. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, like it's number one. Yeah, that's no, a big record. It's still bangs, bro. It's a big record. Hundred percent. But even like the build up, like because I think. The, the good thing about that song was that Mist and, like, as you say, Steel Bangles were sort of on the rise uh, yeah. prior to that. And then coming coming to that point, like, they were rapidly getting to, like, a, a mainstream sort of, like, attention. Like, Mist had his album out and bangers. And then, obviously, because of that, everyone knew Steel Bangles. But then on the flip side of Punjab, as you say, like, I think it's around the time that PBX1 came out. For Musiala, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's like right up there, and then to clash the two genres together was just like a a, a really good sort of melting yeah, pot yeah, moment, yeah. like two yeah. words colliding. It was it was the perfect collab. It went yeah. off. I mean, you know, when you got just true artists in in the studio, bro, something good's gonna come out, and that's that's what happened. A huge record came out. And that's that. Hundred percent. I thought I'd just ask on the off chance, to be fair, but uh, I'm I'm quite happy that like uh, <laughs> the story behind it came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now me and Bay have been rocking for a minute, bro. Yeah, that's uh, that's proper dope, to be fair. And um, see, and going back to like go, the the UK scene when you were over here and you're working closely with Bangles, um, now obviously in your Instagram bio and in the introduction to this, uh, I said that you were the, the VP of Gifted Music. Um, what is Gifted Music? It's a record label, bro. More like, <laughs> I mean, you don't see 2021. Like, you you know, once the album's released and you see how moves are made and what we do, other than that, like we just keep it silent until we do it, because there's a yeah. lot that's there's a lot happening behind the scenes. Uh, but right now, really, all I'm focused on that has to do with everything with gifted music, obviously, is Bangles' album. Like that's that's my main focus right now. Uh, everything else is is happening at its own pace. It's happening well, but. The main focus is just the album at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, and then everything else is going to just like start like kind of unraveling by 2021, you know, like Corona ain't no joke, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's done it's some crazy things to this industry. Because the, the album was actually supposed to come out this year. But... Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but I mean, Corona literally delayed the situation. I had to fly back home for a while. Uh, then even when I came back and forth, it was, it was sticky. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's it, bro. But I mean, it's coming out. We're working hard on it. That's just the main focus right now for me right now. And then, like I said, I just don't like to give away too much information. I like to 
Yeah. I had to do the thing and then show you the Less talk, more action. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Um, I had a few more questions, but I feel like I'm not going to get get too much out of you in terms of the album then. <laughs> it's not like, it's not my place to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> like, to be honest with you, that's the, uh, now I'm, I'm not shut on the on the album, yeah, bro. Because I I don't want to ruin the experience for nobody. Like, yeah, hundred percent. We really like I'll I could talk to you about how much time and effort we put into it. I mean, and my wife can attest to that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I don't want to ruin the experience for the consumer, bro. Like, it's we're building an experience with this album. Like, it's not it's a big body of work it's uh the debut album from bangles and i mean bro like the man's an amazing producer and he's about to show levels with it like we worked really really hard on this we've been working on it with time there's a docufilm coming along with it that's gonna be amazing like man's put a lot of p behind it a lot of time a lot of energy a lot of thought process a lot of people are behind it and even like I don't I don't know what the docufilm's name is, but it's it's basically you know an emphasis on you know this is just like this is the this is how the story starts because this is not this is no by no means where we're ending at but it's a big iconic piece yeah and. That's why a man's got to keep his lips tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I respect that. So I'll not ask too many more questions on it. <laughs> and again, I, the reason I ask it is because, uh, like I've said throughout and beforehand, like I, I'm a fan of what you do. Do you know what I mean? I'm a fan of music. So yeah. when I see like the little snippets coming out, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know nah, what I mean? Your, your brain goes racing. <laughs> yeah, nah, it's going to be worth the wait. Yeah, definitely. You know how, uh, you know how to get like a, uh, interaction up and interest there because as i say like you see little segments i'm like i want to know what that is oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bet. yeah that's good to know bro um yes yeah, so it's definitely you. working you, your master plan's definitely working in <laughs> terms of um of a vp so like a vice president of a music label like your well my mind uh maybe this uh, this is uh me just in La La Land or something, but in my mind, it's some guy in like an ivory tower in New York, some rich white guy in Sony Universal or something, just do, telling everyone what yeah, to do yeah, and yeah. stuff. So, what is like the reality of like a, a well, what, what's your day to day? About gifted music, it's a label run by musicians. Like we're all like we're musicians. I'm a musician. I'm an <laughs> artist at first, uh, so. It's just a different way of doing things, bro. Like it's it's a more a different approach. It's an approach that's that's got the music in mind. Music is key. Music is, is like that's a that's the number one thing. So yeah, life is life is very like I guess it's different here. Yeah. It's not the norm, it's not not what you would expect. Is there um a lot of artists already signed up to gifted? Um I'm not too like I try to look online and stuff, but I can't really find too much about it. As you say, you like to keep things private, so okay, you still can't talk, right? Okay. Uh, for anybody <laughs> who's just listening, he's he's saying that uh, his his mouth is zipped on that one, so can't ask too many questions. Um, 
Right, okay. So I'm going to have to see, get... man. You'll see. You'll see. We'll see. 2021 we'll see. is going to be a big opening up. And you guys just, just don't, you know, why ruin the experience? Right, enjoy okay. It. Enjoy it. It's entertainment. Definitely, definitely. Um, and the other thing I was going to ask was um, all sort of an observation would be because you're a producer yourself, Bangles is a producer. Um, there's a few in my mind where like, obviously artists, the vocalists have a lot of power and a lot of pull in the music industry. They're, they're like the the famous names, if you want. Uh, uh, but we're so always like, I think DJ Khaled was the first guy of sort of, put the producer first, the producer sort of album. Maybe even Scott Storch way back in the day. But even he was a bit low-key. DJ Khaled's the one where he's, every single song, you hear the producer tag, he's got his own album. Then you've got Steel Bangles and a lot of the Miss songs, you hear the Steel Bangles. You've got even Manny, Manny Sundu, sort of on a similar line. Um, What sort of like, I don't know how to word this correctly, is like, do you think that's the way forward now? is that producers are going to stop having more of their own pull and attraction. Yeah. Producers becoming more of an artist now. Uh, I mean, it, it goes back to time. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely bigger now. Like, like one, one name you forgot to mention is Dre. Like Dre the biggest name. name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Cal is, is someone that's big on making making how like showing how important a tag is but really if you kind of look at like Khaled is an artist like he, he doesn't just say we the best or DJ Khaled that's not his only thing he he says his piece on it bro he he, he is a smart dude if you really look at it like his he had a very calculated like smart way how to do it but I mean it's not entirely true because he's the only, like, he's the first one that made it big, bro. Back in the day in New York music, like, DJ Coo, 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 like, this, a lot of people have done this, bro. Mm-hmm. It's just the first one that made it really big off of it was Khaled. Right. And that's for, for his own reasons. And it's, and that's, like, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a producer tag. And it's a big thing now. Uh, it's a big thing for Banks. Obviously, Steel Bangles, like, he has yeah. his tag. Uh, that was a very good rendition of Steel Bangles. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it so many times. <laughs> um, but I I kind of grew up, like, not liking tags. Like, I'm my one of my biggest, my favorite producers. One of them, like, you know, growing up was Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, so it's... And at the end of the day, it just depends on your artistry. But yeah, no, nah, it's a it's a bigger thing, and it's good, bro. Producers deserve their, you know, their their fair share, bro. Like they they make the record. Yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. Hundred percent, because like um, I, I will probably be the minority here, but a lot of the time I listen to producers more than I do artists, if that makes sense. So like when a producer comes out with something. I'm like, oh, yeah. I like that producer. I like the music he makes. Because I, I I don't know how you, you feel about this, but like mumble rap and things like that. Like half of the time, sometimes you can't even understand the lyrics. Do you know what I mean? But if the beat's good, you're still drawn to the, the yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I end up following a lot of 
producer so i'm like oh when when money comes out with a track i listen to that when when steel bangles comes out with a track yeah, yeah. like um there's a few kids in india at the moment uh ikwinder uh well actually Ik, ikwinder sings from toronto the punjabi yeah, yeah, music yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ikki's yeah, yeah. really yeah I, I really really like him and um the kid works with sidhu a yeah, lot the kid is cool too yeah yeah so like when they come out with tracks like because they'll end up working with some random artists but even I I listen to that track cuz I'm just like I I like yeah, the music like they they're producing the record they they they're telling you who to listen to uh but I mean it's just bro it's just art like there's multiple ways to make a good record mm-hmm. that's how it is and you know uh, there's a lot of records like so many records that you can just say are solely those records because the, the vocalist that's on there like the way this been it whatever um but man just i don't even like this is too deep to get into like at the end of the day i just enjoy the music uh everyone that's it should just like it's an even playing battlefield really that's what any that's what the music industry is kind of starting to get into more and more mm-hmm. uh like with social media with the tags with producers putting records together like how real produce like real like a, a real producer like puts yo I want to hear him and him together etc you know that's that's someone that's producing a record so they that's a that's an art bro like more music the better that's really what it is the more music the better if you got more music there's going to be more people harnessing and like like you know mastering their way of making a record and then just get a wider selection definitely definitely plus it's it's like um everybody's got their own sound as well so like yeah. the canadian punjabi sound is vastly different to uk garage bangra from 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. which is vastly different to 100%. folk punjabi but they all sound really good a, yeah. a couple of uh podcasts ago now um but is this munda from melbourne in australia called uh, k atwal music I'm, i'm not sure if you know who he is no nah, i haven't heard of him he, he's he's sick to be fair um he's like edm trap house style punjabi yeah. music but it's like that sort of sound is from his environment do you know what i mean so like yeah. that's that's even different to the canadian and the american and the the uk it's like an australian sort of vibe on that so it is yeah, it yeah. is all cold towards the end what i like to do is quick fire questions but just before we had a quick fire questions question that i would like to ask you for on a on a producer side of thing because i asked you earlier on who you were listening to artist wise but producers who do you think your biggest influences are uh, influences are in terms of uh, like western producers and eastern producers so punjabi style producers and uh, i know you said western before you said kanye west but uh, a few other names yeah kanye definitely was really big for me um i used to just break down music i just listen to it all the time uh 40 is a big like a like 40s like shape sound like crazy and like, Toronto has a sound uh you know, Dre obviously Bangles bro Bangles or he's up there um and then for like western music 
BMC. Uh, I used six in the shins. I used to be tall back in the day, yeah. bro. I'll be real with you. Yeah, I'm in here. I thought we're gonna have like a much bigger impact. Impact, but like he's tall too. Um, and then, uh, bro, can't believe this. Uh, the dude's uh, dude's like name is sticking out my head right now. Uh, fuck's sake. What's, what songs did he produce? Uh, he did that that one uh record, one album with the G. True, 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 true school, school, true school, yeah, true yeah. schools. They're cold. I mean, he's cold, bro. True, yeah, yeah, true, true school's right up there for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, apparently, he's making a full album with Gordon Ardula soon. I bet it's gonna be cold. That would be dope. That would yeah. be dope. And uh, just to finish up, then, um. What I like to do is everyone is quick fire questions. So it's just like five questions at the end that I've asked everybody so far, um, if that's cool with you. Um, so the first one is, what are you most proud of so far? What am I most proud of so far? I don't know, bro. I'm proud of a lot of things. Like I can't pick one. Uh, yeah, let's, let's say um, proud, of, proud of my marriage, proud of my, my wife. <laughs> Is that because she said me in the background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She deserves it. That's my star. And what are you most looking forward to? What am I most looking forward to right now? It's a surprise. Like, uh, it's a a personal thing that I'm I'm most looking most forward to that rather than ask you about. But the album too. That like, uh, I can't wait till this album's out, bro. Can't wait till Vegas is out. Not it's up. It's a madness. Yeah. What are you? Uh, what is your biggest motivation? My family. Sick. What is your definition of success? Uh, doing what you love. Uh, confidently believing in yourself, and uh, you know, being uh, about like. A big part of doing what you love is uh, is making it financially like as a man at least you know you want to be financially secure off of what you're doing so that's a big part of it um yeah that's it that's that's my successful like yeah you know I look money and everything but you know you got to use it as some type of barometer on on how successful you are hundred percent. And uh, last but not least, because it's the Culture Cast podcast, how do you think your culture has affected you thus far? In every way, like my my culture is rooted with me. Uh, uh, I see like my culture is full of struggle, bro. Uh, like you know it, we know it, we all know it. Uh, we see what the farmers at the job are going through at the moment, but. This is nothing new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is that that struggle. Let's keep it 100 and let's keep it pure. It's straight about the farmers. It's not because um, there's there's farmers that are are being done wrong that aren't even that are not even from Punjab. It's all over India, but uh, a lot of them are. Punjabi, a lot of them are jock, you know, uh, but that's just a, that's, that's just a, like, another piece of proof 
uh, another piece of evidence that just shows you how much struggle that's, that's in this uh, in this culture. It's a beautiful culture. It's not all about struggle, obviously, but due to the times, the like the times that we're in at the moment, that's a that's the part that I would like to shed light on because it's important at the moment. Definitely, definitely, couldn't agree more. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for your time again. That's all the quickfire questions. That's been the podcast. Uh, your boy Acing Music, all of his Insta and his Twitter will be in the description below. And um, yeah, thank you for thank you for coming on. All right, broski, stay safe.